Welcome to We Used to Be the Smart Kids. I'm Eric. I'm Carolyn. And tonight's topic is Eric yelling about capitalism ruining his hobbies. You told me we were talking about lost media. It's all connected. (laughs) So we've been planning to do this podcast for a while. It's been on our list forever, but... I finally got angry enough to put an outline together because of current events. Wait, is it the HBO story? It is the HBO story, yes. among others. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, 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 yes. All right, uh, well, what do you know so far about the HBO story? Oh, very little. I I meant to look it up before this, and I'm so glad I didn't. So basically, all I know is HBO pulled a bunch of stuff from its streaming service because they wanted a tax write-off, I guess, and now it's just gone. Just gone forever. Like, their entire animation section, just gone because they wanted a tax write-off and they wanted to stop paying royalties every time an episode was streamed. So that's true? Yeah. They just deleted an entire artist's body of work because they were like, eh, money. Pretty much, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Uh, Some of these series didn't get wide DVD releases, so this is just art gone forever unless you've gone to the dark corner to the interwebs and downloaded it yourself. Assuming it's even there? People would have had to have taken the time and the effort to like taken it off the streaming service and uploaded it somewhere else. So if nobody did that for your show, your show is just... Gone. Kaput. Yeah. I was thinking honestly about like your comfort show that you watch, but... I mean, also like the show that you created, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you don't have a copy of it. Yeah, that's your portfolio gone. You can't point to that someone and say, Hey, I did this thing. What thing? It's not there anymore. You have no resume. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Oh my god, I wanna cry. But I'm in a weird mood, so I'm laughing. Craig of the Creek, just fucking gone. That struck a little close to home because the guy who does the music for it is one of my favorite artists, so I don't know what that is. It's a cartoon that was on Cartoon Network, then HBO, and Jeff Rosenstock from Bomb the Music Industry was doing the music for it. Oh, okay. And it's just gone. Like like I said, it didn't get a wide DVD release, so I never get to catch up on what I missed. Not only that, they scrapped Batgirl. It was a film or something that they It was a film that they were like 90% complete. They were just going to post-production on it. All the filming had wrapped. And they're just like, no, fuck it, we're not doing it. Right off. What? Yeah. They'd already done some advertising for it. They'd done behind-the-scenes stuff, and they're just like, no, we're not releasing this. Which, why they did that instead of The Flash, I will never know, but we'll see if they actually release The Flash or not. Oh, come on. Come on. Okay, I know, but... Batgirl is a woman. Yes. Flash is a man. Flash in the pan. (laughs) I don't know if it's related or not, but... So Netflix now is taking away Hemlock Grove, a show they own outright. Yeah, they created it. Yes. But wait, I'm sorry. I am I might be jumping ahead. If they're cannibalizing their own backlogs that they created literally because it was cheaper for them. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm just a little enraged. Like, that's just <laughs> really, that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah, it's destroying art because you get a tax write-off for it because it's not profitable for you to keep it around. It's not even destroying the art, though. It's disappearing it. Yes. Which feels worse to me because you're not even creating a new thing. You're creating, well, (laughs) for yourself. You're creating a couple (laughs) extra zeros in your balance sheet. That's art for you. 
Right. And this is stuff that's been going on forever. We just had a little tsunami of it right now. We've just lost this art over time that we are never going to be able to see again. I'm not saying this stuff had disappeared forever. It's in the same boat as the full cut of The Magnificent Ambersons. Can you explain that reference? Orson Welles made this movie, The Magnificent Ambersons. He wanted full director's control over it. The studios said no and cut it to shreds. And he viewed it as his masterpiece and it came out and it's like, eh. That's okay. Oh, okay. It can't be seen anymore. It can never be seen again after the original test screenings and the studios were like, nope, we're cutting this down. And the footage is lost and we are never going to see a full cut of what Orson Welles intended for the Magnificent Ambersons. So do you know the legality of them using it as a tax write-off? Like, can it literally never be released again? I don't know. Like, it may go in the vault like all the other Disney vault stuff, which is another fucking story, but... Do you have opinions about the Disney Vault? Oh, I have so many opinions about the Disney Vault. Is this going to derail your other opinions? Because I have never had an opinion about the Disney Vault in my whole life. So, do we have the time? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Disney Vault. I mean, Disney's plan throughout up until home video releases was to re-release their films every dozen or so years to get a new audience into it. So they'd have a backlog. They'd go back in the Disney Vault until they did another theatrical re-release. But when home video came around, they decided to create this artificial scarcity. Like theater runs, I can see, because there are only so many times a theater can show a movie. Mm-hmm. But home video, there's no need. You are fucking Walt Disney. You can print as many movies as you want, but you create this false scarcity. So if kids don't get their favorite movie by the time it goes back in the vault, they're fucked until it comes back around again. They say they're releasing the Aristocats and it's available like a certain number of copies are available or it's available for six months. It's available for a certain amount of time before it goes back in the vault. I remember them saying that. I didn't know what it meant. It meant they would not sell it again until it came back around. Why is this a bad thing? Because if a kid misses that or catches it once and can't get a copy again once it goes back in the vault, it's creating this artificial scarcity that there's no reason for, aside to create buzz when it comes back around again. So you don't like that it's forcing parents to pay for something when maybe they're not ready, and then if the parents don't have the money then, the kid misses out. Yeah, it sounds like turning movies into collectibles. NFTs before NFTs. Yeah, okay. Aside from that, I'm still pissy because I was a big fan of the Lloyd Alexander Book of Three books back when I was a kid, and they refused to release The Black Cauldron on home video for years because it was a flop when it came out. And they hated you specifically. They hated me specifically. I heard about this movie. I thought it was a fucking myth until I tracked down more evidence of it. No, Disney didn't make a Black Cauldron movie. You're fucking nuts. Why would they do that? Why would I not know about it? Did you eventually get it? Yes. My, uh, <laughs> sorry, narking you out, my fifth grade math teacher right now, but he had a connection to Disney and he got me a bootleg copy. Oh, you are not narking that man out. You are holding him up on a pedestal. Fuck yes, I am. That man was a hero. So yeah, that creating artificial scarcity, having to hunt down these movies that you've heard about that you want to see and you aren't able to. You want to consume this art and you can't. And that's what really drives me up at the wall about this lost media. So, a little history here. This is the statistic that really shot me in the face. 75 to 90% of silent films have just been lost forever. We're never going to be able to see them. I actually have heard that. See, I was hoping for a big gasp there or something. I'm so sorry. Hold on. (gasps) Right? See? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Should I follow it up with more things that I know or should I just be like, tell me more? No, go. Tell me what you know. I've heard that there were apparently a lot of really amazing women filmmakers and maybe people of color. I Mm -hmm. don't know 
for total sure about that one and that those specifically are the silent films that were lost right because i mean in addition to other ones but like yeah. definitely those no are that's gone. been the case throughout history if you're a woman or minority filmmaker they're not viewed as something that needed to be saved that's how you get erased <laughs> exactly <laughs> or you become a tax write-off yes hi bad girl <laughs> 50% of sound films before 1950 are just gone as well. Like, these are not far-reaching history. These are things that we know existed. Generations back, people have seen them, and they're just gone. And we're never going to get them back. The big one, for all you nerds out there, is Doctor Who episodes. A bunch of classic Doctor Who episodes that are just gone. We were hoping that some country in Africa had tapes that we couldn't get to because of a dictatorship. And then when he died, the BBC was going to go in and hopefully Doctor Who was there, but no joy there. I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to... Why Why were they in Africa? Why did we think they were... How did... Um... Because the BBC <laughs> shipped copies to their BBC offices in this one African country, whose name I'm completely blanking on. Uh, I'll try to put it in the show notes. And then there was a coup, and the films could still be in that BBC office. What a faint, faint hope. Why did we have to rely on the BBC office in the country that had a coup when there was a BBC office where there was no coup? Because there was no preservation. They taped over those tapes. They couldn't afford more tapes? Apparently not. Um, like, some studio people who were Doctor Who fans came in and stole some of the episodes that they loved to make sure they didn't get overwritten, and that's why we have some of those today. Oh, wow. Other ones, uh, this is going to be a big theme, but... Fans were taping audio off of their TV because there's no VCRs back then, obviously, or camcorders or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And those are the only recreations we have these days. Some people have taken stills from promotional things okay. and put them over the audio. So you have like a somewhat idea of what's going on on screen. And those are the episodes we have. Oh, wow. The BBC's actually animated some using the audio, again, taken from these fans up against their TV. Just a microphone to their TV recording what's coming out. People would have called them insane. Yes, but they're the only reason we have these records of these Doctor Who episodes. It bothers me. Like, I'm being a broken record right now because I'm trying to explain why this is important. No, that was, I was waiting until I got to ask that question. Like, why do we care about lost Doctor Who episodes? Because this is our history. This is me building up nerd history as something important that needs to be saved. But it is. This is a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. This explains what comes later. Without these records of our past, we're not going to know how we got from point A to point B to point C. Here's how the show evolved over the years. Here's how film evolved over the years. Here's how these women filmmakers, who we can't find anymore, influenced the men that came later. So it's not just men all the way down. Losing track of all of this information just is a complete disservice to history and helps rewrite history in the favor of the white male as it normally does, but I feel like having these sources would be helpful. And on a more personal note, I'd like to fucking watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying everything that was lost is Metropolis, Final Cut, whatever it is, the three-hour-long genius silent film, whatever. Not everything is that. There's going to be some schlock in there, and I'd like to see that schlock too. Do you know what the most expensive VHS tape is for collectors? E.T., because it's got the green tabs. No. You were close, though. <laughs> it's this shitty shot-on-video horror film that where there were about 300 copies made. What? 
artificial, not artificial, probably genuine Real scarcity. genuine scarcity. <laughs> and why? Because collectors are strange, but... Okay, okay. Because <laughs> there's only 300, so I want one. Yeah, exactly. This film has been ripped and uploaded to YouTube, so it's not even like you have to track down one of those 300 copies to watch this movie. But that is important that that option is available, that you can watch this movie. You can watch this movie that only 300 copies were made of, and it's not lost to history because we've learned. We've learned that saving these movies before they're lost is the only way we're going to see them. Like, this is a fan or just a collector who decided, you know what? This is cool. I want the world to have this. And that's against the law, honestly. I feel like the law is stupid and it's preventing us from saving all of this information that we could be losing. Internet Archive is doing God's work trying to track down stuff like this and make sure it's posted, make sure it's safe. But the laws are really fucking weird. What do you mean by that? So how much do you know about backup laws for copyright? Literally nothing. I don't. What is a backup law? Back that ass up in here. I don't. What? Yes, what? it is definitely about backing your ass up. Millennium Copyright Act, which is absolute bullshit, extended Disney's Mickey Mouse, whatever, ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. But it says you can make a personal backup of media that you own. You just did it a lot of stuff I didn't know. Oh, sorry. Just go back. Just go back to Millennium... Millennium Copyright Act passed, oddly enough, at the turn of the millennium. Okay. Funnily, I'd worked that part out for myself. I, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> it tried to make copyright make more sense in the digital age. <laughs> Wait, it was a little premature, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it extended copyright for Mickey Mouse yet again because what else is Congress for? But it sure. also said it had this one carve out that has made all the difference, saying that any media you own, you can make a personal backup copy of. That's a very big loophole. No, it's not a huge loophole, actually. So you have a book that you want to digitize. You can get a whole setup together. You can make cameras to take an OCR scan, which translates into digital text that you can use it to make an EPUB. Okay. If you give that EPUB to anyone, you're breaking the law. Even someone else who uh, has that book. Even someone else who has that book? Yes. So, like, I have a CD. I rip all the music off the CD. I can't, like, give it to you who also has a CD. Correct. Because, like, I'm too lazy to rip it myself. Exactly. That's breaking the law. Never mind. That's not a huge loophole. Thank you. You're welcome. So Internet Archive is trying to get around that by saying they're a library now. It's a whole thing. Internet Archive is given books. They take scans of them and they upload them. You can check them out as if they were a library, saying this is our backup copy that we are loaning to you for a period of two weeks. Give it back when you're done. Oh, so you're not giving it to them as an, as an object that they can keep. Yeah, no, you're giving them the book. This is their book. It's destroyed in the process of them scanning it, but they no, still no, have no. that I book. No, no, no. I mean, I mean to get around the loophole. Yeah. What they're doing is like we're not giving you a digital object that you can keep. So now you have one. You're borrowing ours the same way. Yes. Or are they like trying to literally legally turn into a library? They're trying to literally turn themselves into a library and use that loophole at the same time. I don't think there's a legal way to become a library. You don't register as a library. They're just our libraries. But they're using this loophole to try and exploit the other loophole to get this information up and preserved and safe for everyone. Because how many books do you think have been put out over the years that aren't available? 
as online books. I was looking for one. Yeah. Which blew my mind because I had never come across something I couldn't find online. And then suddenly I had to buy a used copy. It was so weird to me that I couldn't get my hands on this book. And it's a thing that would not have mattered to me until it mattered to me. Exactly. Do you know what I I mean? Yeah, I found that copy for you in the Internet Archive, but the scam was too funky for you to read. So it could be up because the author never wanted to make it in the ebook, or it could be because the rights are completely fucked, which again leads to lost media. So how much do you know about book contracts? I know some about book contracts. We met in a writing group. We've got a little writing background here. (laughs) (laughs) So back in the day, it used to be the rights would revert to you after being out of print for so many years. Right. Um, so if the rights have reverted to the author and the author never got around to selling it to another company to put up as an ebook or putting it up themselves, no one can put that book up. That book is just gone. If the rights reverted back to the author and then the author died or something, the, the rights are just or, nowhere? Uh, until I, whatever the term of copyright is for an author, yeah. It was 70 years. I think yeah. it got extended. I heard a rumor <laughs> that that was Disney's fault, but I... Oh, yeah. It's absolutely Disney's fault. Thank you, Disney, and your copyright fuckery. Are we still explaining the other thing? Because now I, I want to know this thing. There's like, <laughs> so many things. Basically, Disney didn't want Mickey Mouse to fall into the public domain. So they'd lobby and lobby and lobby, and copyright terms just getting extended, extended, extended. Why That's... couldn't they just keep renewing his copyright? You can't after a certain time. They must have trademarked Mickey. Trademarks are different, I believe. But now, if he passed into public domain copyright, anyone could make Mickey Mouse cartoons. So, fun story, Superman. Yeah. Public domain. Okay. But only a certain variation of Superman. Oh. Superman who could leap tall buildings in a single bound and not fly. And Superman who had the weird S shield on his chest. That guy's public domain. You can make whatever the fuck you want with that Superman. But things like Krypton and Smallville and all that fun stuff didn't come till after the copyright term. Oh, okay. So you can't use any of that. But the basic concept of Superman, knock yourself the fuck out. Make your porn comics. Do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to make bank on Superman porn. That's my (laughs) rocket ship to the top. Faster than a speeding (laughs) bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Anyway, back to book copyrights. So book copyright falls to the author. The author has no fucking clue how to make an ebook, or even realize that the copyright's fallen back to them. It's just not anywhere on the internet. There's no way to get it. There's no way to upload it legally. Aside from whatever the Internet Archive is trying to sneak through the cracks, which is how you ended up not being able to find an ebook. And if you didn't know to look for that book, or if you searched for it, found it wasn't online, and just gave up, that's just media that's gone out of the cultural consciousness, not able to be resurrected, not able to be referenced without tracking down a used copy that are probably dwindling by the year, because paperbacks are not that durable. Rights issues are fucking things up across the board. The book ones are the easiest ones to explain, but some movies you just can't watch anymore because the rights issues are so fucking clouded. Do the movies ones get more confusing because you have, like, distributor versus, like... Studio versus writer versus director. And sometimes the rights are shared, and sometimes it's just, like, okay, there's just, like, more rights to go around, kind of. Yes. Like, Friday the 13th, the first one was just fucked with rights for so long because the original author of the screenplay insisted they had more rights and the studio insisted they had rights, and it was a huge back and forth. Uh, It actually fucked up a video game, which extends into multiple pieces of media. What? (laughs) Yeah, they were making a Friday the 13th video game, and 
it got fucked because there was a right snafu and they weren't sure if they were allowed to fucking make it. Okay, but when you say it got fucked, do you mean like they had to change the story, they didn't make the video game, or it just became incredibly difficult? They made the video game, but they released it and the console was no longer relevant anymore. <laughs> like, we just released a second Genesis game. What? And you're like, it's 2011, guys. <laughs> Um, I think it did get released eventually, but they had to scrap their original date, which obviously fucks with their profitability, and just wait for this whole lawyer thing to play out before they could actually release it. This completed video game. It's a complete tangle to try and get these rights sorted out. It takes someone who actually cares about this shit, because Warner Brothers isn't going to go to court to find this B-movie they released 20 years ago that has about three fans if they can just re-release Batman again and make another million dollars. Capitalism giveth and capitalism taketh away. The giveth is we actually have some companies now who are dedicated to untangling those fucking rights because they want to release these videos because they think they have enough of an audience Mm -hmm. that they can make the money back after these rights are detangled. But I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of them. Oh, no, yeah, definitely, definitely. So we've got Arrow Video, which is like the Criterion Collection of absolute schlock. Like, they just released this gorgeous remaster 4K of RoboCop. Severin Films, which is doing a bunch of old horror and foreign movies, which is another rights fuckery that you don't want to get into. There are so many foreign movies that you cannot track down in the United States that I've wanted to see, but there's no release of that I could play on my DVD player or wouldn't be exorbitant to ship over the fucking ocean. And then my favorite, Vinegar Syndrome, which is just focusing so much on 70s and 80s cheese and old porn movies. I'm mostly there for the cheese, but I'm happy that they're saving the porn movies. Oh, come on. We're going to do episodes on those porn movies. (laughs) That's totally happening. (laughs) All right. I'll track down Sex World and we will have a showing. That's a real... Yes, it's a theme park based on sex. Oh, we're definitely doing an episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um... I just really appreciate that these films that I've never heard of, I've spent years, decades at this point, coming through library sales and discount bins and whatever I can to find these movies I haven't heard of that scratch that itch for me. And then here are these guys just putting them up for sale. They've done the legwork, they've done the rights, and they've done the restorations because I'd love to see this movie and not in VHS grain. I'm just in heaven at this point. The thing for you was not the hunt. You literally wanted these films. I mean, the hunt was part of it, but the hunt was in pursuit of finding these films, finding these things that scratched the itch for me, finding these things that made me feel like I did when I picked up Robocop for the first time. Holy shit, this is amazing. I want to find something like this and like this and like this and down the line. Like Robocop is apparently amazing. Like are these other things... Are any of these lost things that you have found amazing? Uh, you tell me. We watched Voyage of the Rock Aliens in your backyard. Ugh, I feel very on the spot right now. <laughs> like, again, it's a movie I didn't know existed. It was an HBO film that was aired and didn't get a wide home video release. I really can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of movie I like, and if it wasn't for these people, they'd be completely lost to history. So I know I'm being a snob. Yeah. Because it was bad. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about how most of the silent films that were lost were work done by women. Mm -hmm. And just how like 
easy it is to just say, well, I don't want that. It's bad. Or I don't like it. Therefore, it's bad. And then mm-hmm. to just like throw it on the on the fire. Yeah. And how, I guess, dangerous that can become because now you're like, like what deserves to be saved? I mean, yeah. Voyage of the Rock Aliens is kind of interesting that like it was ever made. Yeah. The you know, little Jermaine Jackson music video at the start, uh, early Craig Schaefer role. It's a completely weird film. It's yes. about a bunch of rock star aliens. They're not rock stars. They were in a spaceship shaped like a guitar and they went to Earth in search of rock music and then they became a rock band. And also there was a tentacle squid. I kind of recommend it. If that sounds interesting to you, I think you should check that movie out. It's a weird one. And that's my jam. I want to track down those weird movies. And if they're weird enough, share them with my friends. That's what I love doing. I've watched so many terrible movies that I've never shared with you because they weren't interesting enough. Which, again, these are not all hits when they release these movies. I picked up this shot-on-video horror film because I've never really taken an interest in shot-on-video stuff and I wanted to see what it was all about. And it turned out to be a guy who was doing bespoke fetish videos who just kind of strung them together with some interstitial filming and turned it into a horror movie. Oh, boy. Tell me about somebody who makes bespoke fetish porn, and then how do you stitch it together? How do you even pretend that's going to be a film? (laughs) These aren't things that are widely viewed as art, but saving them is a link in the chain of all the things that came later. It shows us where we came from. It shows us how we got to where we are. That's important. And throwing away our culture like that, letting it become lost media, is just throwing away a part of ourselves. So I have a counterpoint. Go. How in the world are we supposed to save the hundreds and thousands of bits of media that come out? Like, are we just going to build tons and tons and tons and tons of servers? Do you know all of human media could probably fit on a petabyte hard drive? Like, from the beginning of time. What is a petabyte? Uh, It's up from a terabyte. How big is that? It's like a thousand terabytes. Could I put it on my table? Yes. A petabyte is not that big these days. Well, two of them fit on my table. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Drug studies have about a petabyte of data. That's so much information. Yeah, right? people don't trust those things. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just for one drug study. And that's all of human history. All of humans, history, media, whatever. I know you're trying to blow my mind right now, but like, it's such a big, it's a big number, it's such a big idea that it's just not fitting in there. <laughs> like All of human, like, like every fan fiction yes. that has ever been written yeah, and every little, every cave drawing yeah, and every, let's pretend that we could download oral history. Can we in this? Yeah, if it's an MP3, if it's music, yes, all of that. Like we walked around the streets of Pompeii and we recorded what everybody was saying that day. Would that could that fit there, or were you going too far now? Like all of recorded media. So we had to lose some of it. Yes, the oral (laughs) tradition, unless it was recorded, is lost. Thank you. I'm sorry. (laughs) That was not a mic drop moment, but it felt pretty good. (laughs) But okay, yes, still mind blowing though. So it's not that there is not the ability to save all of this. Well, I mean, HBO would like you to think that there is, though. Exactly. They've got a buck to make. (laughs) They're really struggling. Right. Most of the movies we've lost was in two fires 
one on the Fox lot, one on the MGM lot. And those were the negatives, and they're just gone. And those movies are gone forever now because they didn't do backups because they didn't put it in any other place but this one storage location. Like, if you just recorded over episodes of Doctor Who... Mm -hmm. And you didn't keep backups of your films. Like, I'm assuming you didn't value those things. Like, do people value what is currently being made more? I don't or know. Or these Where's also the being... Well, touche. As long as it's in the hands of corporations, it's not going to be valued for more than it can make a buck. Yeah. I don't care if it only takes two terabytes to store an entire show. I need those two terabytes for my... Tax write-off. Yes. You need those two terabytes for your tax write-off. Yes. And as long as it can make a book, there's going to be laws about whether or not you can have it and yes. how you can have it. Exactly. Preservation is almost becoming a crime right now. Like, you can preserve all you want for yourself, but if you try and release it to the wider world, you're a criminal. I'm going to jump over to video games real fast because it's a really interesting story to me. So, we're going way back in time to the Super Nintendo... You have no idea where that is in time, do you? 90s? Yes, we'll, we'll say the 90s. Oh, no, really? Where is it? In the 90s. You're good. I'm oh, just being okay. an ass. Okay, okay. Uh, so in Japan, mm -hmm. there was... Japan has some weird shit. Anyway, there was this <laughs> internet connection you could hook up to your Super Nintendo that you could download a game onto a special cart, and that cart would only hold one game, and you just wipe it every time a new game came out because they released a new game every week. Like, basically little flash games. A cart? Cartridge. It's made to be disposable media. You erase it when you're done playing it. Oh, okay. The only way for people to get these games these days is to track down a cartridge that had the game loaded onto it and then never was used again. So that's part of video game history almost completely wiped out. Like, there are bounties for finding these games that they know existed, but no one can ever play again. Oh, interesting. Like, video games have not been around that long. It's a part of the history that leads to today. This is the original DLC, downloadable content, because my wife yelled at me because she didn't know what the DLC meant. I didn't either. Saving these games... To rip a video game cartridge, that took extremely specialized hardware. So the only way you're making a backup of that is if you track down this particular hardware, rip it. Now everyone has copies of these games because someone was like, you know what? That law is kind of silly. So here's a copy of Super Mario World. You can play it anytime. And that's why everyone and their mother has a copy of Super Mario World that they can emulate and play on their phone right now. Wait, was Super Mario World one of those, like, Japanese? No, okay. no, no, that's an entirely different thing of trying to track down lost media. But okay. we're back to doing backups I, yep, and why yep, they're yep, important. Yep, yep. So because someone had that hardware and someone decided this was worth preserving, it stayed a part of the cultural consciousness much longer than it would have if everyone had to track down an old system, plug in a cart, pray that it still worked, and then boot it up and try and find a connector to their TV. Uh, even worse, if you wanted to play a Nintendo game. There's no way you're hooking Nintendo up without actually modifying the Nintendo. But this is illegal, and Nintendo is cracking the fuck down on it. So for years, there was no legal way to play these games, other than tracking down old cartridges and old systems. Like, they're getting in on it now and re-releasing old games for downloadable content. Mm-hmm. DLC. Yes, so you can play them again. Which, again, capitalism coming back around a little too late this time. Everyone and their mother had an emulator and could play whatever they wanted. Yeah, this does get into rights law, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. On the one hand, I want to be like, well, screw you, Nintendo. Like, people should be able to play what they want to play. On the other hand, if you think of it from like from the artist's perspective, mm -hmm. 
Do you know the story of Flappy Bird? Yeah. Pretty sure that guy took Flappy Bird down. He took Flappy Bird down because it was apparently ruining his life, but he also reused art assets from Super Mario Brothers, and he was worried about getting sued. But, like, that's one dude. Doesn't he have the right to take his game down? He does. But then when you start to apply that to, like, HBO or Nintendo or whatever, now it's like you're a company, you're not the artist, but you hold the copyright because you're the person who has, like, all the distribution and the ability to make it. Mm Mm-hmm. Something changes there where I no longer want you to have the right to decide if this is something I can consume. Right. You put up the money. That means you have to keep it going. You can't like just disappear it for a tax write off. I feel like the individual artist has the right to do that. That's fair. That's another discussion for another time. Okay, fine. Put my little tinfoil hat away. So Nintendo's fucking lawsuit happy about any ROM copies that they find online. You will get sued within an inch of your life. What is a ROM copy? That's the copy of the game. You dump it. It's called a ROM. Anyway, they're so happy. They're making it so these games can only be consumed through their portal. It's a whole thing. They're not doing a very good job because they're still fucking out there. But here's my big thing. Here's my big bugaboo about video game copyrights. MMOs. Do you know what those are? I can't remember what they stand for, but they're the big world games where like everybody's playing together. Exactly. What happens when an MMO dies? You have no idea. No, it just feels like a really good moment for a joke. What happens when an MMO dies? A thousand virgins go out and get laid. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So this game you purchased, you have the legal right to play. You can't play anymore because all the servers are gone. There's no way to play it single player. So it's just gone. It's gone from existence. There's no way for you to play it. Until people found a way to host their own servers and connect to those and go back and play the game that they like. Okay, no, because that's illegal. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there was a big... But that's th- ridiculous because right? like you own the game. The company isn't paying for the server space anymore. So what diff- why, why is that illegal? Because you're using proprietary software to host the server. You've hacked around it to try and make it work without the company's say-so. <sighs> okay. But companies are suing for a game they're never going to deal with again. Because if they don't, they're losing the copyright for a game they're not making a dollar on. So not lose the copyright or like just... Like, what do they want these copyrights for? Exactly. In 70 years, they can be like, oh, yeah, we, we own lost Toontown. those. But man, we really wish we could pull them up again. That's just another example of lost media not being lost, but being taken away and locked away. Again, another part of history just gone. It's just money over people. Yes. Capitalism fucks us over when we want to consume the media we love. Unless we do it their way or it's trendy. Yes. If you like some trendy media, yeah, you're in you, luck. If you like trendy media, they're going to do a throwback where we open up this one game again. Classic <laughs> World of Warcraft. coming out of the Disney vault. Yes. Out of the Blizzard Vision vault. <laughs> I don't know you were company. this close. Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard is what you were looking for. Blizzard is- and Activision. They're now as <laughs> one company. You were so close. Anyway, you've been after me to talk about lost media for so long. Do you understand yeah. why I'm so upset about it now? Why it's something that matters to me? Yeah. I understand why the rage just comes into your eyes and you get quiet. <laughs> this is something I probably should have mentioned at the beginning, but for a brief period of time, when Netflix was doing DVDs, mm-hmm. we had the largest complete collection of films and TV ever in existence. Hundreds and thousands of titles at our fingertips. And now it's gone. They sold it off piecemeal, and these insanely rare movies that have lost their 
distributor and copyright and whatever and will never be released again are just back in the hands of private collectors unable to be seen by the public and that just frustrates me to no end why do private collectors have them what are they doing with them they are private collecting them that's a big thing in video game preservation there are these private collectors out there who get off on the idea that no one but them can play this one rare video really? game yes oh i hate those people yes they're first against the wall when the revolution comes exactly gonna shoot them with our nes zapper guns there are actually these mini forums where these super rare collectible guys show off their things and okay i'm gonna dump the rom but just so you can play it if someone else gets it you are so in trouble sir oh so you're doing miniature piracy i'm gonna show off to my other privileged friends that this one game that the plebes can't play they're not allowed to see it what did the privileged friends actually abide by that rule too they're that's like, how oh. some of them gotten leaked some of the privileged friends are like Haha, ha, trick to you. I wasn't that privileged after all. This is for everyone now. <laughs> no, we've got tricked by the socialists. <laughs> no. I will say I have been kind of a snob in the past because I found this rare movie that I got to show my friends and then it got wide release. And I'm like, oh, I liked that before it was cool. Now I'm a little sad that everyone and their mother is going to be into it. I feel like you have to go through that and then you realize it's dumb. Yeah, exactly. So when these guys figure out it's dumb, we're here waiting. <clears throat> Except I don't think they will. I no. think they're the kind of people who have too much money. You understand now where I'm coming from with this whole lost media thing and how much it bothers me and why why I've been stuck with this idea for so long and then you wanted me to do this fucking <laughs> podcast so you'd understand. <laughs> yeah, you've blown your load. <laughs> yeah. All over this basement. Just everywhere. Everywhere. I thought that lost media was going to be a much more personal issue. I mean, it is personal. I'm trying to make it relatable to everyone. But as a personal issue, there's all these fucking movies that I only know the title of that even the darkest corners of the internet can't give to me. Give me some titles. Give me some titles, Eric. Uh, there is a pinky violence film that revolves around <laughs> baseball. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to fucking watch it. And I cannot find it. You can't find it because the rights are completely fucked. It's this niche Japanese genre that mm -hmm. no one but me cares about, apparently. I don't even want it for free. I just want to be able to see this movie. And yeah. I can't. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. Knowing that something like this is out there and I will never see it. I will never get to see if it lives up to my expectations. See how it fits in the idea I've built of this genre. This is how some people feel about, like, the Pyramids of Giza. Yeah, that's Second Sphinx, so never got to see that one. Or how, like, some people feel about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Because you'll never be able to go back in time and see that. But here we have a record of these things, and they exist. It's possible. And I can't, because capitalism and selfishness and weird international rights issues. And, yeah, that's basically it. That's what makes it personal to me. Oh, this was We Used to Be the Smart Kids. I'm Eric. I'm Carolyn. And now you're smarter. And now you're smarter.
Thanks for listening. Our intro music is from Tim Beak. You can find him at timbeak.com. And our outro music is by One Man Symphony. And you can find them at onemansymphony.com.